It is the 200 level, episode 155, all blank side, as we put a bow on 2020. What a year. Now, first things first, you may have noticed that we got different intro music. We also have different outro music. Intro is a song called Wasted Time by my band Decadence. The outro music, another song by my band called Out of Your Head. You can find those on iTunes, Spotify, you name it. Just search Decadence and the album is Fever Dreams. So some shameless self-promotion to end 2020 and the 155th episode of the 200 level. What a year it was. So I didn't really know how to approach this sort of postscript, epilogue, tying all the loose ends for a year that I don't think any of us would choose to relive. There were some positives, and we'll talk about those. There were some negatives. We'll talk about those. We talked a lot of sports. We talked about a lot of things that weren't really sports-related at all, and that was a summer period where what else were we going to talk about than the things that were happening in our world, even in our community here in Champaign-Urbana? But all along the way, I, I really appreciate as we end this year the fact that so many of the listeners chose to kind of go along in that journey, even if they disagreed with some of the things that I may have been talking about, that they gave me a chance and a platform to do that. So I'm going to start this podcast with a little bit of humility and gratitude to be able to do this in the first place. I've said this in the last few podcasts in one way, shape, or form. But as this year comes to an end, and I think about the things that kind of help keep me sane, keep me level, it of course would be my wife, our dog, sure, we love our little puppy. It would be staying busy with schools, the students, and my fellow teachers. It's that interaction that we have been able to have with our family and friends. But I also need these creative outlets. So in that regard, the podcast has been huge. It was big for me back in 2019 when 93.5 wrapped up and I felt like I just needed to at least stay fresh before whatever the next radio opportunity was. But as I went through this year and done more and more of these, taking this from a weekly podcast to one where we do maybe three, four episodes a week, this is kind of a, I was about to use the word safe space. That's not, that's not it at all. That, that probably doesn't apply. This is a refuge for me. And this is sort of like a therapy session. I know on the other end, I don't have a psychiatrist talking back to me and saying, well, this is what this thought of yours means, or your fears and anxieties and insecurities, they all mean this. No, it's not that. But the fact that I feel comfortable to talk into a microphone, whoever is on the receiving end, I think speaks to the fact that we have a great listening base that throughout the year have offered feedback interaction, whether it be Twitter, emails, comments, Facebook messages we've gotten. And it's that kind of stuff that makes it worthwhile, knowing that you are reaching people, Illini sports fans, people that have shared interest and choose to spend part of their time, their valuable time, listening to this podcast. You don't have to do that. And the fact that you choose to means a lot for someone, myself, that started this at 16 years old. At 1071. It was a summer gig where my sister was interning somewhere, and Travis Drury, who listens to the podcast, he actually reached out on Twitter earlier this year. They needed a co host, and she knew that I listened to 670 Sports Radio in Chicago, the score, and that's how it began. And from there, from 16 years old now to 34, it's been over half my life that I've been doing some sort of sports radio from 1071 to 93.5 and now to podcasting. And it's not all that dissimilar from what I wanted to be as a kid driving to Illinois basketball games with my dad and listening to Lauren Tate 
and Jim Turpin, who even at that young age, they kind of felt like Statler and Waldorf, the Muppets critic guys, you know, because when you're young, every adult seems old, right? I'm not trying to make a Lauren Tate, Jim Turpin age joke, but uh, when I was young, it still felt like they had probably been around forever. I guess they kind of had been, but I still wanted to do that. I wanted to do something along those lines to be involved with Illinois sports. And the journey has taken me a lot of different ways. Um, There are mostly positive interactions. There are a few negative interactions. I'm not exactly, how would we say, entrenched within the DIA power structure. I don't know if I'm going to be getting invited to any sort of events anytime soon. But I hope that even for those in those positions that may have taken issue with things that I've said, I hope that even those people and, and people that have criticized what I've said before know that I'm coming from a place of loving Illinois sports, especially Illinois basketball, that even as I get older, I cannot pull myself away from it. I cannot disassociate my emotions. I wear them on my sleeve. Illinois basketball and, yes, sometimes football, they mean a lot to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't keep doing this, right? I wouldn't be pissed off if Illinois basketball lost a game. I would move on with my life and not let it affect my evening. Not that hasn't changed. That's still there. And more than a lot of things, you know, my priorities have changed a little bit over the years, but in terms of sports and the enjoyment and the joy that we can get occasionally from it, there are a few things that I want more than Illinois sports to be successful. And when I do criticize on this platform, which I have often done, when I go in on Lovey Smith and that whole experiment, it's because I think we can do better. I've tasted it before with both basketball and football and I want it consistently. I'm greedy, and I think as Illini fans, we should be. That's a long-winded way of saying that through this year, being able to come back here and still talk about Illini sports, even when they weren't going on, is something that I consider a privilege, and I really appreciate the fact that you all out there care to listen and add this to your Illini sports media rotation. Before we get into the year that was, and what a year it was, got to remind you, the 200 Level is brought to you by our sponsors, and I, I would really encourage you to, if you haven't already, check these places out. DP Doe is the first one, and as you are finishing up your winter break, you need something delivered to your door, a piping hot calzone, go to dpdoe.com, use coupon code MIKE. $5 calzones, $6 premium and construction zones. You can get any toppings you want, custom zones, or some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie, the Buffer Zone. It's delicious stuff, a great local business. Support them by going on to dpdo.com, coupon code Mike for $5 calzones at dpdo.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com. At some point, you're going to need insurance, right? I already kind of had it before we made the move, but it was at that point that I decided wait, I know Brian. And I get the feeling that working with him would probably be pretty smooth. Well, even my high expectations were blown out of the water. Brian and his staff were terrific. They personalized everything for Kara and I when we made our move. And he's our guy. Just like Brian is my guy. That's not just a clever domain name. No, Brian is our guy, and we're happy to work with him and really appreciate his support of the podcast as well. Brianismyguy.com for State Farm Agent Brian Hansen. And 4th and Kirby, online at 4th and Kirby.com. These guys have been with us from the start, just like... DP Doe and State Farm Agent Brian Hansen. And you can go online to uh, 4 for vintage-inspired Illini apparel. I got three t-shirts and a crew neck sweatshirt, and they keep on adding to their collection. Listen, I'm a Nike guy. I am. 
But for whatever reason, Nike has really dropped the ball with Illinois Apparel. Fourth and Kirby has picked up the slack. Go to fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. Got to thank Jeremy, Alana Inquirer. They added Joey Wagner to their stable of talent. That's a hell of a stable of talent over there that they have between Jeremy and Derek and Joey and Ryan Easterling. Uh, Gavin Good, if he's still writing for them, I know he's doing a newspaper thing now as well, but you look at all the talent that continues to go through that website. So to be associated with Jeremy and have known him for a decade, that's crazy. A decade I've known Jeremy Warner. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool to be associated with that. And Champagne Showers Podcast Network, go to Twitter at 217showers to follow Champagne Showers and their commentary on local issues. I always love reading what they have to say and get a good laugh from it. And it's cool to be a part of a local podcast network, along with I Have to Ask, a podcast by Elizabeth Hess from uh, WDWS back in the day. Great interview podcast. And then Champagne is also a band, which is a music podcast with Sven that I've been on before. So, wow. I'm, I'm just all grateful, teary-eyed, emotional as 2020 wraps up. I mean, truly, there's a lot of gratitude. But I do go back to three specific moments that let me know that this was not going to be a traditional year. And this would have began the Saturday, and I think it would have been March 7th, Saturday, March 7th. And Karen and I decided that we were going to go out into town. We're going to go to, there was a new arcade bar in downtown Champaign called Styx, I think, S-T-I-X, owned by Justin Taylor. So we go over there, and I remember taking hand sanitizer. At this point, the coronavirus thing was kind of heating up in terms of the news cycle, and Every game that I would play, from the Simpsons arcade game to NFL Blitz arcade version, and then they even have old consoles there. After each one, I was putting on the hand sanitizer and just being a little extra careful. And by no means have I ever been a germaphobe, but I just remember this sort of weight or this cloud kind of circling overhead that, wait a second, should we be careful out here? And also a sense that even though Karen and I were not speaking it, there was this sense that we might want to enjoy this evening out because if anything accelerates or gets worse, who knows, right? The very next day, my dad and I go to the Illinois-Iowa game. My parents came over. I think the tip was about 6 p.m. And it was a beautiful March day. So we were going to cook out. The charcoal wasn't starting. My parents came over. I'm scrambling to get chicken on the stovetop now. Was not the best dinner. Little did I know that that would be the last time that I hung out inside with my parents. My dad and I go to the game. Unbelievable atmosphere. I remember Hans came by to say hello. Um, Hans D., of course, from 93.5 fame. And a guy named Brian that we go to Dave Matthews Band shows with, and we talk with them. I remember shaking each of their hands. And then, again, it's like... <laughs> The bug was already in my mind that, uh, well, good thing I got sanitizer here with me, right? I was being extra cautious without knowing the extent to which this would grow. My dad drops me off at the house, and the week begins. We go to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Parent-teacher conferences on Thursday. But that Wednesday night, that was the third moment. The first moment was going out downtown Champaign on that Saturday, feeling like, eh, this might be the last time in a while. The second moment was being in a packed State Farm Center, one of the most cathartic, enjoyable basketball games I've ever been a part of. And how lucky, for anyone else that was there, you would agree, how lucky we were to get to experience that before everything shut down. Thank goodness I could get the let out that night because I am so craving mass gatherings again, sporting events, concerts. 
So thank goodness for that Illinois-Iowa game. And the fact that Illinois didn't lose. Oh, my God. Could you imagine all that and then everything shuts down? Okay. I digress. That Wednesday night, though, I think was the one where we all remember thinking, oh, crap. That would have been March 11th. And I'm at a band practice. We were going to get decadence going again in terms of shows in the summer. And I'm with Ben and Mike, my drummer, uh, the drummer and bass, sorry, the drummer and guitarist in our band. And we're just kind of talking about it on the way out to the practice space. And then as we wrap up and I'm getting all the guitar chords and, and things put away, I see on Twitter that the NBA had canceled their season. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have COVID-19. Fred Hoiberg is dying on the sideline. Oh my God. Now, as a little bit of context, Kara and I were going for spring break to go down to New Orleans. We were ready to go. It was a four-day trip. Uh, Trevor was going to come over, dog sit Rosie. We had it all set up. And that Wednesday afternoon, I was texting Kara like, should we hold off on this for just a bit? You know, get our, get our money back, refund it, and then go in the summer, right? Or maybe go at the end of the school year, late May. Well, that Wednesday night kind of sealed the deal. All of a sudden, we're in oh crap mode. What the hell is going on? And I think that was what made it real for everybody was first the NBA, a money-making league, is saying, you know what? Screw the money. We're canceling the damn season. Tom Hanks, the (laughs) stereotypical American guy, you feel like you know Tom Hanks. Now he and Rita Wilson got COVID-19. Holy crap. People we know, even though we don't know them, but we feel like we do, got this thing. And then Fred Hoiberg, I remember distinctly looking at him on the bench and being like, you doofus, even if he, and he didn't have COVID-19, he had the flu. But if you're that sick, what are you doing around other people? And this is where kind of this, I don't know, macho crap comes in. You know, the kind of person that they, they come into work sick and they're like, yeah, I was going to tough it out. And they got the stomach flu and you're like, get the hell out of my way. I don't want your sickness. Meanwhile, we got Fred Hoiberg falling over himself on the bench. And then the very next day, the Big Ten tournament gets canceled. The day after that, the NCAA tournament gets canceled. And that's it. I remember waking up that Friday, which would have been Friday the 13th. Go figure. Well-timed, right? And this was after school had, we had canceled our parent-teacher conferences. It was going to close indefinitely. And we figured, yeah, it might be a few weeks. But I woke up that Friday the 13th at six in the morning and decided I'm going to go to the grocery store and just knock out some essential stuff, you know, not not toilet paper. Surprisingly, we didn't get toilet paper for a while. Fortunately, we were stocked. But walking through that schnooks, getting there when it was dark, coming out when the sun was rising, and the first time in my life feeling completely like helpless about a larger thing that was going on that we had no control over and something that also felt like what you'd seen in movies. It was so desolate in the grocery store that morning and people were kind of avoiding each other already. Like you'd look down an aisle, you'd see someone say, I'm going to the next aisle. And there was this sense of unease that I will never be able to shake. And that's just a a trip to a grocery store. I've since went to the grocery store, can't even tell you how many times I like it because it's something to do. (laughs) It feels like, oh, I'm around people, even if they're masked and they're six feet away from me. Ah, people in a room together. I like this, right? But back then, whoa, that sense of unease and feeling like, okay, we're hunkering down and maybe this will be over in a few weeks. Well, here we are, 300 plus days later, 2020 is wrapping up and 
the change to 2021 is rather arbitrary. You know, we, we are changing the calendar, but when we wake up tomorrow or when we wake up January 10th, our reality is going to be basically the same until, I don't know what, the spring. I cannot wait to get that shot in my arm. I cannot wait to hang indoors with my family. I have not, again, been able to hang inside with my mom and dad because we've been cautious about it for some very specific reasons. And just being able, this is going to sound so hokey, but just being able to freaking hug people again and not even think about it, your family and your friends, just being able to give them a big ass bear hug. There's going to be so many moments, and this is what I'm looking forward to the most, not the Dave Matthews Band concert, which I cannot wait until those get started again, if it's 2021 or not, but man, the first one, I'm going to be like endorphin overload. The first Illinois football game we get to go to, which <clears throat> I got to think come September, being an outdoor event, we'll be able to go. And it's basically socially distanced anyways, knowing Illinois football. I'm looking forward to those. But what I'm looking forward to the most are those quiet moments where, let's say I'm, I'm back in my parents' house. Again, I haven't been in my parents' house since February. And sitting at, they got a bar, and sitting at the bar and have my little bowl of mixed nuts that my mom always stocks up on because she's sweet like that. It's the big old deluxe mixed nuts from Sam's, making a captain and diet, sitting down, taking a deep breath, exhale. And it will be an exhale, not just like, oh, it's nice to be back. It'll be an exhale for, thank God that last year is over and that normalcy can return. And it's going to be all these little nuggets. Embrace all those little returns to normalcy that are going to come. I am, you know, Certain things will be the same, wearing masks in the grocery stores, that'll probably be the norm. Whatever, I'm used to that. But just tell me that I can hang out without fear of endangering someone that I care about or vice versa, that they might have it. Just let me get to that point. And then 2021 is going to be a great year. And I think we'll get there. You know, just being able, I, I even had talked to my dad about this, like if there is a chance that in March when Illinois makes the NCAA tournament, I mean, my parents haven't been in our new house yet. If there's a chance that we, my dad and I, can sit in the sunroom watching the Illinois NCAA tournament game, I might have to forego a podcast for that because that would be amazing. Just sitting down, watching the game, <sighs> exhale, right? 2021, to me, the way I view it, it's going to be the great release. 2020 is like things built on top of one another. It became super heavy. Often, I was fortunate enough to not have, let's say, the loss of a job, or really, within the immediate family or my close circle of friends, the, the loss of a loved one due to COVID. I mean, Kara and I are incredibly lucky, but there are still so many mental components to this where the lack of places to go, not being able to socialize and see people that you love and care about as much as you were used to, that takes a toll. And it's just been this buildup where in certain moments it can become too much to bear. So I view 2021 as the great release, the big exhale. Now, there wasn't a lot of time to process this when it all started. So from a podcast perspective, March was rough. The tournament gets canceled. We're trying to contextualize what that season was, what it meant to us. It meant a lot to Illinois fans that ride from January through March. And there were some blips. You know, the loss to Maryland at home was 
really anticlimactic with how much buildup there was to it and the fact that Illinois took a pretty decent lead in the first half. DeMonte started making threes. He hasn't stopped. You lose that game, the Michigan State game, the way that that ended. I I have never walked out of the State Farm Center or Assembly Hall as (laughs) with this, you know, thousand-yard stare like I did after thinking we just lost that game after an amazing comeback and we lost Io for the year. So that's February. That's early February. We go, go through that entire month as Io comes back after just missing one game, wins at Penn State. You kind of get back in the Big Ten title conversation, but you lose at Ohio State. But you beat Indiana at home. You beat Iowa at home. You finish what was a very good year. And to have that taken away from you. Think about it. You had the season taken away from you twice as an Illini fan. When you thought Iowa was out and you thought, oh my God, it's over. And then you come back and then you get it taken away from you again. Listen, all the other good basketball programs, they were in the same boat. Rutgers would have made their first ever NCAA tournament or their first in a long time. They get that taken away from them. So Illinois was not alone in the heartbreak. But there was something about, man, we've arrived again. Let's show what we got on the national stage. And it didn't happen. We are lucky, so lucky that Io and then Kofi, of course, as well, decided to come back to give another go at this thing and to essentially turn 2020 into a what could have been into, well, wait a second, we now know what will be. We get that opportunity going into 2021. 2020, for all its weirdness, not making the tournament, not having a tournament, I should say, that kind of, we get a do-over. And not every school had that luxury. Not every program had that luxury, and we get that. That's a silver lining in this year. I don't know how much that informed Io and Kofi's decision, but I know Io certainly said the right things about how he has unfinished business, wanting to win a national title. Let's say you go to the tournament last year and you make a Sweet 16 run, and then Iowa and Kofi leave. Again, trying to find silver linings here. You would have been okay this year, but not like you are right now. And I think that this team has a better chance of making a deep run than last year's team would have, even with Andres Feliz and Alan Griffin. So what if the pandemic in some weird roundabout way actually put Illinois in a better position to make that final four run or to win a Big Ten title? Silver linings, right? Another silver lining, Io DeSumo. And getting to see him continue to build a legacy that is truly unique. I talked about this, what was it, a couple podcasts ago after the game against Indiana when he dropped another 30 points and he just took the game over and let him do another win. I've seen a lot of great individual performers here at Illinois. Darren Williams' junior year in that 0405 team was incredible. Then again, Luther and D, that, that whole team was. Frank Williams, his sophomore year in particular. Brian Cook, his senior year. We can look back at these and they have all taken their place in Illinois history, but there's something more to be said about Io coming into a program that was not already established and having to be the guy to turn it around and not only turning it around, but turning it back into a top 15 program almost overnight. I mean, the change, the sea change from his freshman to his junior year, or really even last January and February towards the tail end of his sophomore year, that's pretty quick. And he had some help doing it, but there has not been an individual that has had a bigger impact on a team than Io. And Illini basketball fans, we've seen plenty of great players. Io is taking his place among them, and he will be in the rafters. His jersey will be there. I just hope there's other banners that he can hang with it too. And this pandemic, the silver lining is that we got another go of it. And I, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I don't know if that's the case 
if last season plays out. I, I say all that, I would happily trade, and keep this in mind as I say silver linings, I would happily trade all those silver linings for not ever having the pandemic in the first place, right? Life is normal. We never have to think about these sort of things. I would happily trade all of them, but in trying to end this year and think about the positives that this pandemic may have brought us, that's one of them. Another one, and this one is a little bit more controversial, I guess, and I know that we addressed it and tried to do it in a way that wasn't too soapboxy about it, for lack of a better term, would be after the George Floyd murder and the protest, the discussions about racial inequality, police brutality, all of that that followed. And I know that I probably weighted those waters clumsily at times. And I felt that, if anything, the platform that we had here in the podcast would be to open it up to people that actually knew what they were talking about. Because I'm not that. (laughs) I can be empathetic and all that, but at the end of the day, through 33, now 34 years of life, I hadn't really done anything about it, except be a quote, quote unquote, silent sympathizer, which that's not going to do a whole lot of good. And those podcasts, and in particular, the Kerry Davis one and the stories that he told, I know struck a nerve with a lot of listeners and the feedback that I got from that. Not everybody was on board with a sports podcast talking about it, but at the end of the day, there weren't sports to talk about. And I hope that what we did was kind of a microcosm for larger social conversation about these sorts of things. I know that people feel as if they can't talk about certain things lest they be shunned on Twitter or they have a Twitter mob or whatever come after them. I understand that reluctance to wade into these waters. But I think discomfort is kind of essential. And that if you feel entirely comfortable talking about something, then you aren't really digging deep enough into that topic. So yeah, there were probably some uncomfortable moments on the podcast for people. I know I certainly heard from both sides of that. People that said, hey, that's great. And people that said, stick to sports. And you can go on the Apple reviews and you're going to find plenty of those. But it had to be talked about. There were no sports going on. And if there is, I mentioned silver linings. If there's one thing that I was most disappointed in locally or with sports media, in this Illini circle that we have, it would be the people that chose to just ignore it and not address it at all when that's all the athletes were talking about. There were no games to play, so the athletes were finally speaking out. It is disingenuous to go to a press conference and ask a young black athlete, hey, how do you feel after doing this? Or how did that touchdown feel? Whatever. All these inane questions that we ask them about a game and then ignore them when they're talking about things that are a matter of life or death to them disingenuous at best, to be honest, and, and maybe even worse for some of the personalities that, and, and publishers locally that willfully ignored it. Now, that's not everybody. News Gazette did a fantastic job with it. A lot of Inquirer, they were covering it. And I'm not just saying that because we were, we're tied in with them. But there were other outlets that were just ignoring it and doing kind of silly sports coverage that didn't mean a damn thing. It's not about agreeing with everything that they have to say. And I would never ask anybody that listens to this podcast to do that with what I say. Disagree with me. I know I've gotten feedback from people that do disagree with me, but they say, hey, I feel as if you're being honest about it. And that I always try to be that. Uh, but I just feel like there's some dishonesty in not having addressed it. I'm, I'm happy that as clumsily as we may have done it, we at least tried to do that on the podcast. And I know for a fact that not as many people listen to those podcast episodes as the ones that come after a big win. I get it. I understand it. And you know what? 
as much as I realize those conversations are important, I certainly have more fun, for lack of a better word, talking about a buzzer beater, a big Illini win, or even a coaching change for football (laughs) than I do about those larger social issues. But we tried, and I think we weren't the only ones. A lot of people tried. And that's something. That's something to be said about 2020 that those conversations opened up. While we're on the socio-political thing, another silver lining, hey, something good happened in November. Okay, I'm just going to say objectively, in my mind, something good happened in November after a long campaign and a long year. And yeah, I know he hasn't conceded yet, but on January 20th, it is going to be a big exhale for me. I talk about 2021 being the great release, waiting to exhale like the old film. Yeah, I'm waiting for January 20th for that final exhale. I've been very well-documented in my displeasure with how those how it's gone at the top for the last four years. And that is, in my mind, another huge silver lining to this year. I could focus on some of the more cynical things, right? And the negatives from this year, the, the sort of willingness of people to ignore science, the blatant disregard for human life, 340,000 people dead, something around that, and it's whatever. And even myself, I find it's kind of like the frog in warm water thing where you get so numb to this news that eventually it stops having the impact that it did. If you would have told me back on March 13th, as I'm walking around in empty schnooks, getting some essentials for the next week, thinking, well, we're going to have to hunker down for a bit. If you would have told me then the 334,000 going on well beyond that are going to die from this thing, I would have been scared crapless. And yet, here we are, and it's just reality. So, I talk about silver linings. This is not one of those. This is a negative part of 2020. Actually, the most negative. Death. A lot of it. And we have just gotten used to it. Where, you know, we got a museum. I've been in the 9-11 Museum in New York. And what was it? 3,000 plus that died. National tragedy. We mourn it every September 11th. And as a country, we haven't actually sat down and mourned the loss of hundreds of thousands of people. And a counter to that could be, well, they were mostly old people, immunocompromised, as if they don't deserve to live, or as if their lives don't mean as much. You know, New Year's Eve is often a time for celebration, and I'm happy to celebrate the end of this year. But that also feels a bit, I don't know, vacuous. (laughs) a little bit superficial on my part to be like, yay, 2020 is over when I've been fortunate enough to not have the ultimate or pay the ultimate price like a lot of other families have had to this year. So yeah, easy for me to say I'm going to turn the page and silver linings. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, oh right, 334,000 people have died and over 3,000 people a day are dying right now. And that when this thing is all said and done, the final number is going to be worse than any human loss that we've suffered in a war. And yet, are there going to be any museums for it? Are we going to have a national day of mourning for COVID-19 like we do for other significant moments? Are we going to fly our flags at half staff on a particular day to commemorate this? I don't know. It, it, you see the best and the worst in people. So if I take the Mr. Rogers approach, he always said, look for the helpers. And I know a few people that are in the healthcare industry and the frontline workers and the people that I see at Schnucks whenever I go in there, you know them by name. They recognize you. They always say, hey, how you doing? Good to see you again. Because 
they are the ones that are making this whole thing work. They're keeping us afloat. They're keeping things churning along, even during a pandemic. So yeah, look for the helpers. Mr. Rogers' approach, there are so many people doing good things out there. I think it's just the overall attitude that has kind of absorbed this country. We're just kind of selfish people. I'm a selfish person. I find myself sometimes when I'm talking with friends or even family, I don't often enough ask them, how are you doing? How's your wife doing? How are your kids doing? I'm happy to answer questions about myself. I think that probably speaks a little bit to why I'm behind a microphone doing a podcast. Yes, I am a selfish person that also has compassion for others, and I try to balance that out. So nothing inherently wrong with being selfish in certain aspects, but this whole country, and really, actually, you can look at the world. It's not just us anymore. It's also the European Union. There's other countries where they have just had a blatant disregard for the loss of life. Kesarasara. And I don't know what that says about humanity. I understand why some people would grow cynical. And damned if I haven't had moments of cynicism or moments of outright depression, feelings I haven't had since college, which as fun as college is, that is a very transformational four years where it is a lot to take in mentally. And I would have extended periods of time where I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where I was going. Existential questions. And I would snap out of it eventually. But yeah, I mean, there were some dark times and I have not felt that way until now, until this year. And it's got to be a lot of other people that are in the same boat. Nothing to be ashamed of. No stigma involved with that. I think that's long gone. Think, you can thank the Sopranos for that, for kind of destigmatizing, <laughs> destigmatizing depression, anxiety, all that kind of stuff. It exists. It is real. It is very common. And in this world, how could it not be? In this year, how could it not be? How could it not be? Genuine despair and all that. So that's, that's the balance, right? The first half hour of this podcast, yay, silver linings. We're getting through this. With a few minutes there trying to temper that. At the end of the day, you know, I'm not sure really what I wanted to accomplish with this podcast, and I'm not entirely sure how many people are going to listen to it because it wasn't too sportsy, to be honest. I think for myself, as this year winds down, it is trying to figure out, what did that all mean? You know, how have we grown? What have we learned? You know, are there lessons to take away from this? And, and as we wake up on January 1st, 2021, as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, that is an arbitrary changing of the calendar, but the reality is going to stay the same. But there is still, I think, reason to embrace that symbolic change, reason to embrace the fact that when we sign checks now or date something, we're writing 21 instead of 20. Reasons to hope that this was the worst year that we're going to live through. And of course, there are positives. I got to spend so much time with my wife and with her cute little dog. I mean, think about dogs when this thing's over. They get to hang out with their owners all day long, and then pretty soon the owners are going to go back to work, and the dogs are going to be thinking, what? Rosie's going to hate it. So yeah, there have been amazing things that have come from this. I have run more than any year in my life. I'm getting about 150 miles in each month. Why? Because what the hell else is there to do? I need it. <laughs> I, got, I got to get out there and do it for my own sanity. So while there are positives... While we should look forward to 2021, New Year's Eve and the dropping of the ball, if they're even doing that this year, it, it's bittersweet doesn't even begin to cover it, right? It should be solemn. 
this is a sad year, and I hope that for all of your sakes and selfishly for my my sake and my family and my friends' sake, that we never have another year like this, and that every year going forward, we get to have all the damn barbecues we want. We get to hug all the family and friends we want. We get to gather up 16,000 strong at the State Farm Center or 30,000 strong at Memorial Stadium. Maybe we'll get back to the level of sold-out crowds, but tailgating in Lot 31, going to any of your favorite restaurants in town and not worrying about, you know, any of this crap. It's, it's, it is exhausting. I understand the fatigue. I get why people want to get back to normal and get back soon. I'm there with you. I am. And we will. And I guess the final thought here is that whether it takes two or three more months or whether it takes five or six more months, we're gradually going to get back to those things. Those things that we maybe didn't take for granted, but we didn't fully appreciate. Whether it be cookouts, happy hours, just having people over and not worrying about any of that other external crap. We're close. We are closer to that than we were to the start of this pandemic. We are more than halfway home. And this podcast, as kind of, you know, circular logic, long-winded as this one may have been in particular, has been a huge help for me. For selfish reasons, it's been a huge help for me. I hope that it's been something that you can look forward to when a new episode drops. This one, not as much fun as, let's say, after we beat Duke or even when we fired Lovey Smith and we got Brett Bielma. No, it's not that. That's for sure. Uh, but it is something I, I wanted to do as this year wraps up. And this podcast has taken so many different forms, even within this year. It would be a- almost weird to go back and listen to one from January. And I don't know how stylistically different it might have been. I don't know... Even the post-game podcast, even though we're doing them Zoom now instead of in person like we used to do, I don't know if those are all that different either. But I got to think that I'm a little bit different of a person at the end of this. How so? That's difficult to measure. I think all of us are kind of the same boat. We're going to be kind of racking our brains over what this year was for a long time to come. I'm just looking forward to the time where we can do Remember When, about 2020, and then we just kind of chuckle, sigh relief, take a drink and we just sort of move on to happier times and say, ah, yes, I remember that. I remember that. As opposed to, yep, we're living through it because living through it is not all that much fun. So we're close. And I hope that you all have stayed safe and stayed healthy. I appreciate the fact that you have listened to us even when we ventured off topic like we did today. And as we go forward, I'm looking forward to just a bunch of Illini sports talk And we got plenty of good stuff coming up here in January, February, March, hopefully deep into March for this Illinois basketball team. And then an Illinois football program that is, I think, getting on some solid footing. So we have good days ahead. Thanks for being a part of even the bad days with us because uh, this has been a refuge for me and I hope some entertainment for you. Got to thank our sponsors one more time. DP Doe. I'm on at dpdoe.com. Steve and the guys over there have been so terrific supporting all the way back uh, to the 93.5 days. It's a great local business, delicious food, and they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones at dpdo.com. We got 4th and Kirby online at 4thandkirby.com. Great Illini swag, t-shirts, crew neck sweatshirts. I got some of them in my closet. I got a few lucky shirts. So get your lucky shirt with coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off at 4thandkirby.com. And State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for all your insurance needs. It was great working with Brian. Uh, before we actually 
worked with him with insurance. We already knew that he was someone you could trust. The process itself was so easy. They personalized everything for us. And of course, you get State Farm prices. That's BrianIsMyGuy.com. Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Thank those guys for their partnership with the 200 level. As we end this episode, a reminder, we got some new music. This song right here is called Out of Your Head. It's from Decadence, latest album, Fever Dreams. It's on all of the major music platforms. Download it today. Shameless promotion over. In the meantime, enjoy your New Year's Eve. There is reason to celebrate, even if it is a little bit more solemn than usual. Thank you for your support. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you Saturday for Illinois Purdue. It is the 200 level. Thank you.